Hey all, I hope you are having a fantastic day. Welcome to episode number 7 of the Take 10 podcast. Tonight I am excited for you to join in our discussion because we are talking a little bit about depression treatments. Um, and I'm sure you are familiar with some of the treatments that are out there. You may be familiar with all of what we are about to talk about. And if so, that is great. If not, I'm excited for you to join on this journey. For me, as we and as I uh, started down this road about learning um, about mental illness, <clears throat> my uh, excuse me, my main knowledge of treatment of depression really came from watching TV, and it was commercials, right? That um, there were medications out there that helped cure depression and it wasn't until Alex was diagnosed with depression and and some other things that I really started to pay attention to some of the other forms of treatment that were out there so of course we have medication we're not going to talk about that tonight Um, there are several other common methods of treatment for depression and I like to break them down into what I call phase one and phase two. Phase one are kind of the um, the treatments that are included while you are taking any medication and that would include things like your social environment, um, lifestyle changes, exercise, uh, and therapies. And then phase two are kind of those things that may be explored after therapies, um, or if, if the depression may not be cured after some forms of therapies and, and medication, there may be, or there are some additional treatments that that are available and we're not going to cover those tonight um we'll cover those later uh, and and go a little bit more in depth into them but there are treatments um that uh are the treatments that 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 are available outside of therapies would be like ketamine treatment um and uh, a treatment called ect electroconvulsive therapy so those are kind of the phase two treatments in, in, in my mind. But tonight we're going to talk about what I, what I refer to as the phase one um, treatments. Um, so therapies and our environmental factors. So why don't we jump in to have that discussion? And I'm going to start with some of the conversations around um, therapies and then we will talk a little bit more about social support, some lifestyle changes, um, and then um, that should be a good ending spot for us. So uh, some of the common methods of treatment for depression uh, include the first being psychotherapy. 
And psychotherapy is also known as talk therapy or psychological counseling. And this is a collaborative process between a properly trained therapist and an individual that is seeking support. And it aims to help individuals overcome emotional difficulties, improve their mental health, and, and, and enhance their overall well-being. In psychotherapy, it involves engaging in conversations with the therapist to explore thoughts, feelings, behaviors, past experiences, um, all that may contribute to the current challenges that the person seeking help um, has been through. In psychotherapy, the therapist is really working to provide a safe and supportive environment where the individual can openly express themselves and so that they can openly express themselves without fear of judgment. Um, the therapist can do this through active li listening, empathy, and understanding. And when they do this, the therapist can help the individual gain insight into their emotions and thought patterns. They, the therapist uh, may actually employ various therapeutic techniques and approaches based on the individual's needs and the specific type of therapy that the therapist is using. Psychotherapy can be either short-term or it can be long-term, and this will depend on the nature and severity of the issues being addressed. It can be beneficial for a wide range of mental health conditions, which include depression, anxiety, uh, past or, or current trauma, uh, addiction, and um, problems with um, personal relationships. The goal of psychotherapy is to really empower the individual to help develop healthier coping mechanisms, improve their emotional well-being, and achieve personal growth and positive change. Now, what I will also mention is that in all forms of therapy, um, one of the things that I learned as Alex was working through therapists is that you may not find a therapist that you are comfortable with and that you have a good relationship with right away. It took Alex um, some time to find a therapist that he felt comfortable with and um, that he enjoyed. And I use the word enjoyed loosely, um, but that he enjoyed working with. And so it's okay if you aren't gelling with your therapist and it's also okay for you to seek out other therapists that may work better for you and for the needs that you currently have. So don't think that once you meet with a therapist that you're tied to them for the rest of your treatment or anything like that. It's perfectly okay to seek out additional help. The second... Um, piece of therapy or the second therapy technique that I wanted to, to talk about tonight was something called interpersonal therapy or IPT. <clears throat> and er interpersonal therapy is a type of short-term psychotherapy and it focuses on improving interpersonal relationships and addressing specific issues 
related to those relationships. So this is really based on the understanding that our relationships and our social interactions can significantly impact our emotional well-being. The goal in interpersonal therapy is to help individuals identify and address difficulties in their personal relationships that may be contributing to either emotional distress or mental health problems. Interpersonal therapy operates on a <clears throat> excuse me, on a belief that improving these relationships can help alleviate symptoms which would then enhance their overall well-being of the individual. During interpersonal therapy, the therapist and the individual will work together to explore various interpersonal issues. And these issues could include things such as unresolved grief, role transitions, interpersonal conflict, uh, and even social isolation. The therapist will help the individual identify patterns in their relationships and help the individual better understand how these patterns can be affecting their emotional state. Interpersonal therapy typically will consist of a structured session that focuses on a specific problem area uh, and work towards goals. The therapist may use different techniques and strategies, which may include role playing, communication exercises, and problem solving to facilitate positive changes in the relationships and to enhance interpersonal skills. Like I mentioned before, this therapy approach is often time limited, which um, typically will range between 12 and 16 weeks. So, um, you know, three to three to four months, which typically we uh, typically I don't think of as um, a shorter time frame, but um, given some of the other therapies, it <clears throat> it falls on the the shorter uh, range there. Um, and while it typically will ra uh, last between 12 and 16 uh, weeks, uh, the duration may vary depending on the individual's needs. Interpersonal therapy um, has, been has been found to be effective in treating various mental health conditions, including depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and substance abuse. And typically it'll do this by addressing underlying interpersonal issues um, that may contribute to these conditions. In addition to um, uh, interpersonal therapy and psychotherapy, there are um, some treatments out there called mindfulness-based therapies. Uh, and there are a number of mindfulness-based therapies that I thought we would uh, take a quick minute to cover. Um, but before we do, I just want to give uh, an overarching um, uh, summary of what mindfulness-based mindfulness, mindfulness uh, therapies are. And they are really a therapeutic approach that incorporates mindfulness practices as a core component, core component of, of the treatment. Um, these therapies are aimed to cultivate mindfulness, which is the qual quality of non-judgmental awareness of, of the present moment. Um, so having, having some of that background, let me just go over a few examples of the more common or more popular 
uh, mindfulness-based therapies. The first one is uh, called mindfulness-based stress reduction. Sometimes this will be referred to as MBSR. And it is a program that was developed by an individual by the name of John Kabat-Zinn. And it teaches individuals to pay attention to the present moment through mindfulness meditation, through body awareness, and even through um, gentle yoga. This uh, mindfulness-based therapy is used to help reduce overall stress, to help promote relaxation, um, and enhance the overall well-being of the individual. The second mindfulness-based therapy is called Mindfulness-Based Cognitive Therapy, MBCT. And this forms, or sorry, this form of therapy combines elements of cognitive therapy. And cognitive therapy is a category of therapeutic approaches that focus on understanding and changing a person's thoughts, their beliefs, and attitudes in order to promote emotional and behavioral well-being. Cognitive therapies uh, operate under the principle that our thoughts influence our emotions and our behaviors. And so by identifying and challenging negative or irrational thoughts, individuals can develop healthier cognitive patterns and improve their mental health. There are a number of cognitive therapies that include um, cognitive behavioral therapy, rational um, emotive behavior therapy and dialectical behavior therapy, among others. They're uh, commonly used to treat various mental health conditions such as depression, anxiety, and um, the variety of phobias. So we, in mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, it combines those elements of cognitive therapy with mindfulness uh, practices. It was initially developed to prevent relapse in individuals with depression and mindfulness-based cognitive therapy really helps individuals become aware of the negative thought patterns and to help develop a non-judgmental and compassionate relationship with their thoughts and their emotions. The third mindfulness therapy um, that's out there is called acceptance and commitment therapy or ACT and acceptance and commitment therapy uh, incorporate mindfulness practices to help individuals accept difficult thoughts and feelings while taking actions aligned with their values so this helps um, or this practice emphasizes mindfulness as a means of developing psychological flexibility while mean while living a meaningful life The fourth and and final uh, um, mindfulness-based therapy that I wanted to talk about is dialectical behavior therapy. And in this form of um, mindfulness-based therapy, it it integrates mindfulness techniques into its framework. Um, It focuses on developing mindfulness skills to help improve emotional regulation, distress tolerance, and interpersonal effectiveness. Um, And this is a treatment that is commonly and mostly used for individuals that um, 
are diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. Each of these mindfulness-based therapies um, often involve structured programs or sessions that are led by trained professionals. Um, They can also include, you know, guided meditations, um, different mindful uh, mindfulness exercises, um, as well as discussions to help foster present moment awareness, self-compassion, and a more skillful relationship with one's thoughts and emotions. Mindfulness-based therapies have shown effectiveness in in managing various mental health uh, concerns. They also help promote overall well-being. And when these two things are combined, it works to help improve overall quality of life. And those are actually the the main therapies that are that are used um, in in treating depression. Um, the other big forms uh, in used in in uh, treating depression would be um, environmental factors or physical factors. So um, like exercise, social support, and lifestyle changes. So let's let's hit on those real quick. Um, the first being exercise. Um, It's been shown that regular physical activity, such as aerobic exercise or strength training, has been shown to have positive effects on mood and to reduce um, symptoms of depression. Exercise is often recommended as a complementary treatment for depression. So it's not, hey, to help uh, overcome depression, exercise. It's, hey, use exercise in combination with um, a, f- a number of other factors uh, or treatments, but regular physical activity has been shown to have um, several positive effects on mental well-being, and this happens because exercise helps release endorphins, which are natural mood elevators, um, and it can also reduce levels of stress hormones uh, such as cortisol. And additionally, exercise promotes better sleep, increases self-esteem and provides a sense of accomplishment, all of which um, are, are things that um, can help improve one's mental well-being. Um, engaging in physical activity can also serve as a distraction from negative thoughts. It can provide opportunities for social interaction as well. Um, the, the one thing that I would say is that just remember that exercise should be used as a part of a comprehensive treatment plan for depression um, and should be discussed with a healthcare professional to determine the most suitable approach for, for each individual. So it's, there's not like one, one, there's not a one size fits all exercise program or, or anything like that. Something to be used in connection with other forms of, of treatment and should be directed, you know, by a, by a healthcare professional. The other things that are commonly um, associated with a treatment of, of depression would be encouragement of the individual to engage in, with social support. And by building a strong support network and participating in social activities, it can provide emotional support and, allevi- and alleviate feelings of isolation um, 
and then the the last one would be individuals are encouraged to um, incorporate lifestyle changes as they as uh, to help with um, with their depression. So adopting healthy habits like maintaining a balanced diet, getting enough sleep, um, and reducing stress all have a positive impact on our overall well-being. Now, the exercise, social support, and lifestyle changes, again, are not standalone treatments. They are used um, in connection with forms of medication and therapy in order to help um, improve one's overall well-being and to help reduce the symptoms of depression. Again, I think it's really important for us to note that these treatment options uh, may vary depending on the individual. The other factors that may influence the type uh, and duration of treatment could be the severity of the the individual's depression and that this is something that really should be um, at the direction with a mental health professional um, because it can because they can really help determine the most suitable approach for each person and the one thing that I would kind of add to that is just that when Alex was diagnosed with with his mental illnesses and he was going through the treatment process my understanding beforehand was that there was a one-size-fits-all treatment it would be this one medication and this one form of therapy and things may get better but as we talked about tonight there are so many forms of therapies and there are so many uh, medications that are out there And they're out there for a reason because the way mental illness affects each individual is not one size fits all. And the other piece of learning that I had as Alex was going through his, his struggles and his, his treatment was that it takes time or that it can take time in order for a mental health provider to find the right combination of medication or the right combination of therapies um, and to, to help alleviate the symptoms of depression. And so if you are going through anything like this and you're finding that whatever treatment you're going through doesn't seem to be helping, know that that's okay. And that sometimes it takes some time in order to find what is going to work best for you. But keep going. Keep having conversations with your mental health professional. Keep exploring different options. And know that we will find something that works for you. And that you will get better. But know that we need you here and that we are here for you to help get you the help that you need. The world is a tough place 
and there is so much going on and there are so many expectations of us that sometimes we feel like we might not be able to meet those expectations all the time. But it's really just sometimes as simple as taking one one step at a time to keep me to keep moving forward. And to know that we're all in this together and that we all have a support system that's there waiting for us if we need it. So as as you move forward in your day, in your week and in your life, I hope that you continue to reach out to those who may be in need. And if you are in need, that you reach out. And that in all that you do, that you choose to do, to be, and to inspire good in all that you do. I hope you have a great night. Thank you for joining me. We'll see you next time.